Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Nathan Maines. Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, Episode 4. Today we're discussing extracurricular activities. Although academics are the main focus at school, pursuits like sports and the arts give students a well-rounded education and add value to the learning experience. Students who participate may not go on to become professional athletes or artists, but the skills they learn while engaging in extracurricular activities benefit them in many ways throughout their lives. Later, we'll be talking to Shelley Brown, creator and executive producer of the Freddie Awards, a televised high school theater awards ceremony in the Lehigh Valley area. But first up, we're discussing trends in school athletics. We're joined now by Bob Lombardi, the executive director of PIAA. Bob, thanks for joining me again. I appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for asking. Good to be here. As the uh, school year is coming to a close, we're you know about three, four weeks out from most schools being done for the year. Uh, and you think back over the past season, what were some of the highlights you saw from uh, PIAA's perspective? Well, this has been a banner year, uh, one of some real change. Um, the expansion of sports, uh, expansion of classifications in our sports, uh, we have expansion in six girls' team sports and five boys' wow. team sports starting next year. That's the first time we've expanded in a, a number of years, and I think uh, it was driven by the membership. So that's something that is really kind of a neat thing that uh, we believe that has the support of all the schools, and we're lo- really looking forward to next year. When we talk about next year. How are the participation numbers this year? It sounds like everything is moving in the right direction. A lot more kids getting engaged. Yeah, th- there are. We're, we're holding serve at about three uh, 350,000 student-athletes on wow. an annual basis. Okay. And uh, I think that's going to grow. Uh, some of our schools are adding some non-traditional type of activities. I know one school district we talked about is, has added mountain biking. As you all know, there's ice hockey in many areas. Right. Um, uh, another thing that people are looking at, some a non-traditional sport, is rugby. Okay. So um, I think people are following what their communities are, are asking them to get involved with. So uh, interesting time. So you touched upon trends. So it sounds like uh, are we seeing overall just uh, increases in uh, kind of the sports everybody's familiar with, plus adding in these uh, mountain biking, I guess. That's yeah, that's different. Uh, so, but but still, with soccer, football, softball, that sort of thing, we're seeing. Yeah, more kids I think jump in. I think our our schools are holding serve. I would say with the number of participants, I don't think they're uh, going over the top. Okay. But uh, some of our uh, schools um, have seen a resurgence in uh, track and field, um, individual sports, which is good because mm-hmm. uh, with track and field you can find uh, an event to participate in. Right. Um, but the non-traditional sports, I think, are, you know, some of our states have even looked at bass f- fishing contests Wow! A- as a championship uh, in Kentucky and Illinois. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that's coming here, okay. but uh, we would not be opposed to having the dialogue. Interesting. Interesting. Some really neat new things coming for, yeah. for kids. Sounds like a little something for everyone. Yeah, and, you know, participation. I think our schools have really tied in that participation relates to kids doing better in schools right. academically and adjusting socially for wherever they go, whether it's trade, whether it's 
four-year institution after or two-year institution after uh, high school, but they're finding success because they're learning the skills to teach them to be a good citizen. So I have to touch on safety. It seems like everywhere you turn in professional sports, in high school and college sports, there's talk about safety. Talk about some of the measures that PIAA has undertaken uh, over the last uh, year or so when we talk about safety. Well, uh, specifically to football, and that seems to be the buzzword with concussions right, right now, um, we've done a couple things. Um, one, we're taking a real hard look at uh, eliminating shoulder pads for outside of the regular season. Right now, schools can issue shoulder pads for kids to use outside of season for practice. And I think what we found is people put them on and they want to have contact, and contact leads to potential injuries. Um, the other thing the board has done is we're looking at reducing the amount of uh, practice time during season from 90 minutes to 60. Is what we're hearing from our football coaches, that their schedule seems to be Friday night game, Saturday off, Sunday film, Monday uh, set up your or, uh, pregame preparation for Friday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, 30 minutes each of contact, Thursday pregame, Friday game. So okay. it fits into their schedule. And obviously, the less contact you have, the less concussion sure. you have. Sure, sure. Sounds like a lot is being done around safety. Yeah, so that's, that's and, and I think your leadership here, along with the leadership of the board, has said, you know, let's let's put everything on the table sure. and talk about it. And I think we have a really good board that's engaged. I right. mean, those 31 people know what's going on. Talk a little bit about funding. You know, obviously PSBA is heavily involved in the funding discussion, uh, and it impacts all sorts of areas. But specifically, you know, there's conversations around how the, uh, the delayed budget, the questions about uh, what increases, if any, will go uh, in the coming budget towards districts. What are you seeing in terms of an impact on, on school athletic programs? Well, we see schools are getting by. I don't think they're uh, uh, getting everything they want, but they're being pretty fiscally uh, responsible in their restraint. But what we've noticed is uh, a little more initiative from booster clubs. Uh -huh. um, we've seen schools dip their toe into the uh, um, uh, corporate sponsorship world a little bit, um, selling, you know, even signage in their parking areas, those type of things. So I think people are being a little more creative. I do think the booster clubs per sport are helping out. There's an awful lot of bake sales and spaghetti yeah. dinners and all that going on. But you know what? As I've seen small schools really assist where they can feed kids on the road uh, when they're going to away meets or games, also assist with uh, not so much uh, coaches pay, uh, those type of thing, but assist with uh, uniforms. May not be just the game uniform, but the ancillary, sure. the warm-ups, those type of things. And I think that helps the school. I still think that a school budget, uh, athletic budget, is between 1% and 2% of the general operating budget. Okay. That is probably the biggest bargain in educational today. We got a couple of seconds left. I got to ask you about looking ahead to next school year. Any any sneak preview things you're looking forward to? Well, we're really excited about this expansion. Okay. Um, we think uh, having f uh, six uh, football champs and twelve basketball champs, and uh, you know, four uh, lacrosse champs, uh, eight soccer champs compared to what we've had these past year. I think the membership has spoken loud and clear. 
we want the opportunity to play in postseason. And now they're going to have it. And I think next year is going to be quite dynamic. It'll be fun. Right. That's great. I've been speaking with Dr. Robert Lombardi, Executive Director of PIAA. Bob, thanks for joining us again, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Next on the podcast, we'll be discussing the Freddie Awards, a unique awards ceremony for the high school theater community in the Lehigh Valley. I'm joined now by Shelly Brown. She's the creator and executive producer of the Freddie Awards. Shelly, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Tell us a little about the Freddie Awards. How did they come to be, and, and what are they? Okay. Well, I stole the idea, and my, in my, in my primary job is running the State Theater Center for the Arts, uh, which is a roadhouse. Um, we present everything from Broadway shows to comedians, headliners, you know, that, that's what we do. And about 15 years ago, I was at a meeting of other um, people who run arts centers, and we were all talking about what sells, you know, what doesn't, what's a good idea. And somebody mentioned something about um, needing time in their schedule for a high school musical awards show. And I thought, hmm. So after the meeting, I went over and I said, what were you talking about? And she told me that they did this high school musical awards show based on the Tonys. And so I heard about it, sort of was checking into it, and then found out that in New Jersey, there's one called the Rising Star Awards and from the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. So we piled into you know a car and drove to the Paper Mill, where they were nice enough to share with us um, how they do their show, which again, it's a high school musical program based on the Tony Awards. And they have uh, they shared their materials with us, told us about it, and then they said, the only issue they ever have is that they had to move it to a larger venue for the actual awards night because it was so popular and they just didn't have enough seating. What a great well, problem in my to have. Pr- pardon me? What, what a great problem to have. Uh, yeah, what a great problem. But see, in my previous life, I was a television producer. And so immediately I thought, why would you go to all the trouble and all the work of doing this program and not do it on television? And so... I came back uh, to town. We decided to do it. Our board agreed. And then I approached um, a lo- our local uh, independent television station and said, look, you know, you need to partner with us to do this. We need to put it on TV. And it took me ages to convince them to do it. And then I said, and you need to do it live. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, looking back on it, I've said this often over the years, the fact that their general manager, a gentleman by the name of Barry Fisher, agreed to that was crazy. I mean, he, he should have said, let's do it a couple of years, get it under our belt, and then do it live. But he succumbed to my, you know, look, nobody wants to see an award show after it's happened. You know, we have to be live. Everyone will scoop us. You know, we have to be live. So we just plunged into this and did three hours live of a show that looks like the Tony Awards. I mean, it really does. And um, it's a phenomenal television program. That's the culmination of, you know, all the work, all the months, all the mechanics of, um, you know, evaluating 30 high school shows. And uh, it's a phenomenal experience, and it's changed changed lives, and and it's changed the community. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about that. Thirteen years later, you think back on uh, where you started and, and where you've come to. Tell me a little bit about the impact that uh, the Freddie Awards have made on, on local students and, and local theater programs. 
the impact has been enormous in large and smaller, more intimate ways. Over 40,000 students have participated, you know, when you, when you take into consideration all of the high school shows over the years. Um, we have directed about 700,000, I think it's to that point now, in scholarships uh, to schools and individuals. We now have um, a school that's offering, began last year, a full ride, I mean a full ride, uh, over $40,000. But many colleges participate with us. We don't keep any of that money. I mean, it's all passed through and directed to kids in high schools. Um, the It's interesting. One of the local high schools brought back their high school theater program, which had died decades ago, and brought it back so that the kids could be part of the Freddie Awards. And um, that has had a profound experience on that student body. It's a kind of an inner city school that didn't really have an arts program. There are only about 20 kids in the program, and last year they received the big award. I mean, the uh, the overall production. Um, they, I mean, it's it's been astounding for the kids. I think you know because it really began around the time that emailing and Twitter and everything became so popular. Kids connected with one another almost immediately and became great pals. Schools started going to see other school shows. There's now a whole community of kids that are part of their high school show. I mean, I have letter upon letter from students saying, you know, um, writing letters to me saying, you know, I used to be a nerd, now I'm cool. And because the reason why this rang a bell with me from the start was that I mean, high school trophy cases are full of awards for sports, for scholarship, for band, um, for just about everything you can think of, but never for theater. And I thought, you know, this isn't, this just isn't right. It takes as much teamwork to put on a show as it does to play football. And so now the, the trophy cases proudly display Freddie Awards and Freddie Award nominations, right, along with the sports awards and it has you know really i think changed kids lives it, it's it's an amazing thing to watch i mean the first couple of years when kids got up to accept an award you know sort of the stereotyped scenery guy or the the spotlight operator you know with the tape on his glasses you know accepting an award i mean it put kids into a whole new world and also a great connected world so it's it's really been profound we want to plug uh, the station that this is airing on. Which station will this be on? Um, you mean wait, the, what the live broadcast? Oh, it's on uh, w WFMZ, F okay. as in Frank, M FMZ channel oh, well. 69 in That'll Allentown, be. Pennsylvania. They stream it on WFMZ.com, and we have people who watch from all over the world. Okay. I mean, really all over the world. Nomination Day last week, I mean, we had comments from Dubai, from Paris, from, you know, people who have family. You can watch the show on it's it, online. Neat. Uh, it's on at 7 o'clock on Thursday uh, the 26th, mm -hmm. ready or not, we go live for three hours. It's won uh, two Emmy Awards and has been nominated for several. Wow. They're telling me we have about 60 seconds left, and I have to ask, if, if you're willing, I know the awards are just around the corner, sneak preview, What you know? what's in store for, uh, for folks that tune in on uh, the 26th? Uh, what's going to happen uh, that you can share with us? 
prepare to see a show that you'll be poking yourself saying, is this the Tony Awards? Wow. And I'm not kidding about that. Is the most fabulous entertainment, the most fabulous enthusiasm. These look like scenes from high school, from Broadway shows, but you'll look at it and say, wait a minute, that's kids. Uh, very little talk. The adults don't talk much. The presenters, um, it's all about as much performance as we can pack in to three hours. And it's a nonstop, fabulous show. It doesn't bog down anywhere. It does, it's just amazing. And whether you know the kids or not, whether you care who receives an award or not, you'll walk away feeling better about what's going on with kids today. Shelly Brown, creator and executive producer of the Freddie Awards, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for shining a spotlight on the Freddies. As we've heard in this episode, extracurriculars are a great way for students to explore their talents and learn valuable skills. And there are numerous opportunities for students to get involved both inside and outside the classroom in Pennsylvania public schools. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to join us next time on Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.